your man Chuck, resident member of the Garrison Squad. Um, and right now, I'm feeling like a proud papa. And you got my host. It's your girl Mikasa, um, still being a simp and kicking ass. And welcome to part two of Black on Titan for part four of the grand re-re-re-opening because this is what this feels like at this point. Yeah, I, it's definitely one of those Bob Burgers uh, opening theme right now. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's been a little while. A lot of people have seen the episodes uh, or episode. It's, it's two chapters. However you want to break it down. However you want to take the movie <laughs> the movie the yeah. feature film whatever it's your whatever world. <laughs> that, that, that's what Aaron wants us to take from this at the end of the day anyway it's your world everybody else is living in it mm -hmm. <laughs> so that is true. how do you feel about what people have been saying about Attack on Titan since it came out um, I feel like most of people's responses have been very positive considering um, a lot of people, what I've seen, they're just like, okay, at least the animation made it for the fact that this took this long to get us to this point. So that's what I've, I've seen mostly. And I don't think anybody has had any, you know, negative critiques from what I've seen. What about you? Yeah, I mean, I've seen mostly positive things. Everybody was pretty excited to see it come out. Um, I haven't seen anybody slandering any characters, which is very different from when AOT <laughs> uh, has been on <laughs> this whole entire time. Um, like, even like, and you know, Reiner's our favorite punching bag, just like Aaron, but. Nobody even slandered Reiner. I mean, he didn't do anything that was really slanderable. But, like, everybody was just genuinely positive about Attack on Titan. I think they've kind of beat us to the submission to the point we're just happy for what they give us. Mm -hmm. Nick Crumbs. It's like an abusive relationship, honestly. But we're still here. We are still here. We're all trauma bonded at this point. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. <laughs> I mean, because at this point, what Aaron has put us through, it really is trauma. So, well, honestly, when you think about it, I it's kind of special that um, the studios or the makers, whoever is making this decision to drag this out, is doing it like <laughs> this. Because when you look at all of our favorite characters, all mm. of the scouts. The even people in the garrison squad, even Aaron's mother or his or um his stepmother that ate his mother or dad's first wife, whoever you want to call it, everybody has come together at this point because of the shared trauma that the Marlians inflicted on the Eldians, because the Eldians inflicted trauma on the Marlians. So trauma bonding is truly the essence of this show. So Okay. I get why. Um, or not get, but I I do think it's a beautiful parallel between media and real life in this case. Hmm. I can see that too. I mean, it's definitely a lot of parallels just with the general racism <laughs> of the world. So I mean, hence why we even started this podcast in the first place, just because that's we saw the similarities. And so we're like, this is, you know, very interesting in a, a world analysis view. So, yeah, I still appreciate they're, you know, able to add to history this way and, you know, give you a snapshot of it as well and how it's going to be doomed to repeat itself if you don't learn from your previous mistakes. Speaking of media reactions to... Um this recent episode of attack on titan did you see that one um it was like a tiktok or a instagram reel or whatever when it said um you just turned in your paper to your teacher about what it would take to create world peace and um then the teacher's face gets all like shocked or whatever then it turns around and it's like 
me having just finished Attack on Titan. Oh, goodness. So basically, they were saying they were Aaron. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. They definitely felt that. <laughs> oh. Probably recommended for counseling. <laughs> oh, man. I It truly tickled me. Um, maybe Aaron was right to some degree. I mean, considering, like, I know we talked about The Last of Us, um, the show, off air and I mean I just don't think people are naturally good so (laughs) especially in regards where you don't have your basic needs met I don't think anybody's good in that situation so I mean it's I was like is it really you know art imitating life or is it just like reality all around yeah yeah because I mean we even see it here like in this show with I don't think anybody's truly good. Mm-hmm. And they've even mentioned as much, and I'm sure yeah. we'll discuss the layers of that um for the second part. But yeah, it was it was very interesting for sure. Definitely. So um you ready to get into the show? Yeah, let's so we opened up chapter two. I don't even know why they're numbering it this way because it's just <laughs> so confusing. But chapter two, Sinners, is the title. And so it's a befitting title, of course, just because everybody is a sinner in a way. And so um, the opening part is, you know, everyone's grief of losing Hanji from part one. And of course, like we discussed in the last episode, she went out like a bad ass. And baddest ass asses. Yes, and I just loved her character. And so I can understand seeing the um, communal grief that everybody, even like Pete, you know, was looking like, damn, she was, you know, she was real. She was weird, but she was real. And so I liked them having that moment of reflection um, over her because that was, you know, a sacrifice for their benefit. So that was something that I was just like, okay, I'm glad we're getting this moment of real feeling. You. You know, I appreciated that um, real feeling. And I also like how they gave her their flowers or gave her her flowers of recognition of what she got for them. You know? What do you mean? Like when she was like, yeah, she gave us this opportunity to make sure we stopped the rumbling. Oh, okay. Like they were acknowledging her contributions, her efforts, that what she gave her life for. And I, I think that that's just, because everybody doesn't always get that moment. So I think that that was really nice to see. I agree. I mean, but she was, if anything, was very deserving of that moment um, in regards to, like, other people who have had too many moments um, right now. But, (laughs) you know, he plays his part, so whatever, whatever. But, um, yeah, so then they were talking about the playing capabilities and, like, What's it, um, you know, on Young Capone was talking about like he gonna get them there and they only were able to fill up half of the tank on the plane just because of being rushed and everything. And so it was just like, uh, of course, we just added, have, have to add another layer to <laughs> trying to get them there. So I thought that was very funny as well. Yeah. It, it, when they were talking about it, and Ian Capone is like, oh, yeah, I'm going to make sure that with my dying breath, pretty mm-hmm. much. I was like, they're really fleshing out the characters um, and having them stick true to themselves as mm-hmm. the story ends. Like, And I know that everybody likes when characters are dynamic and characters change, but I also do like when characters stay the same to a degree. Like when characters remain true to themselves and true to their own convictions. Like even if they become a better character, they like there's a line that drop that drives them. Like we just seen with Hanji, like kind of what's been the through through line with Iron Compone. Mm-hmm. Like even Levi to a degree, like who has been a dynamic character, but he's still like the beast titan's gonna catch these hands. Like he that that's his through line. I mean, amongst other things, but like when there's that moral thing that drives them. I like that. Mm-hmm. I'm just happy that 
on Young Capone has even lasted this long. Because of course, when you know the parody saw the first black man they ever seen in their entire life, you know, it was just like, <laughs> well, we know he's gonna die because that's just part of cinema at this point. The black man just stayed dying first. And so the fact that he's even made it this far after flocking his gunshots, because I knew I was like, oh, it's over with. And, you know, I'm just like, okay, well, I guess we still needed him for plot armor. So, because somebody <laughs> needs to fly this plane. So I'm just happy that he's still here um, at this point, even though uh, it's a little shaky with the way this plane landing. But we'll discuss that further <laughs> as we discuss the episode. He's made it through three Black History Months at this point. <laughs> <laughs> they I, <were> mean, <laughs> I don't know if that was just because of unfortunate timing um, because <laughs> you know at this point we don't know if he's going to make it to the next one so hey, he, he's he's still a legend in my book <laughs> <laughs> no he is and I admire him like you said him just saying I feel like he has strong convictions and like even when he acknowledged like he was wrong in the beginning you know he turn coat and you know trying to do, do a lot of stuff to make it right and so i respect that especially when he know like most of his family probably gone that's yeah. everywhere else so because normally you know a normal black person be like fuck this this is some white people problems and you know i'm just gonna spend the rest of my days trying to get away from these fights but before we move on honestly speaking of black people and i know we're about to get to this and but Attack on Titan might have the most trill black people in anime. Because between Oya Capone and Annie's dad, there ain't no like mm. weak black person in this show. Are we considering Annie's dad is black though? He's more like Lebanese or Moroccan or even Guyanese before he black. I mean, but like, there's black people in all of those places. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. He just, they still don't consider themselves black. <laughs> I know black guy Dominican. <laughs> and I think that's what he is. He's giving Dominicano. He, he's giving, if he get pulled over in LA, he's going to get pulled out of the car. So. Well, if we're going off of the family guy, I mean, then yes, for sure. He's done so. But. I, I don't know. I claim him as black mostly because he's he seems to give that OG type of vibe to me. Like because he it, beat on his children? Well no, no, not because he beat on his children. <laughs> 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 Even though I mean that might be like Joe Jackson. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, he is Joe Jackson. He is. <laughs> <laughs> he picked his child up to a better life. No, he's it. And the worst part about it is he don't have five children to distribute the abuse around to. It's just one, so. Oh. I know. See, you just made me reconsider his whole character through the lens of child abuse. I mean. I know, but she still loves her papa. I mean, most people do love their abusers. That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole nother podcast. If we talk about loving your abusers, this is actually the perfect podcast for that. <laughs> well, that's true, but I mean a different episode. Well, yeah, no, that 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 is more philosophical. Yeah. Um, we need to do an offshoot podcast, but just oh, we have plenty of time between that. <laughs> no, I was thinking about that when we were talking earlier about all of our anime stuff, but that's a whole nother thing. Stay on hold for that. Mm -hmm. But um, back to the story. After, yeah. um, you know, our favorite blonde, oh no, second favorite blondie. Uh, I mean, it's like Annie, then Armin, and then Reiner. <laughs> Reiner's at the bottom, no matter how I put that. So, the bar is low. Bar is very low. Oh, actually, mm -hmm. our favorite blonde is you. Um, I was like, I don't even like blonde as I'm a blonde right now. <laughs> I don't but, like blondes with no pigment. Those are weirdos. Yeah, those are probably three of the strangest characters in mm -hmm. this show. Mm -hmm. But um, they start making the plans for what they're going to do when they run into Aaron. Uh, which is kind of telling 
because they don't know where he's at in the tight end. They, they, the funny thing is, half of them didn't even know what he looked like once he turned into this super titan. And then they're drawing this diagram on the floor. I'm laughing because I'm like, I guess this is what he looks like, kind of, in the like second it, grade version of it. It's it's accurate. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not to, not the to scale, but, you know, accurate. Yeah. And they're trying to figure out, like, what would be the effective methods um, to do, like, when they find him at uh, the port. Because they're like, like, well, not even they. Armin and Mikasa still in their heart of hearts. Mm, poor babies. We can save our friends. Mm-hmm. And they don't realize just how how far it's going. The funny thing is nobody else is like, everybody like, mm, can you? <laughs> but nobody actually, except, of course, Levi, wants to say anything. Which I think is the best person to say something. Honestly, it's not even a can you. It's a why do you want to at this point? <laughs> and I'm, History. I mean, like, I, huh? History. I get it. Mm-hmm. I, I, I get it. I understand you have this long history with this person and you love them. For one of you, for both of you, actually, it's the love of your life. Mm-hmm. But this man literally just destroyed the world and you're trying you're trying to save him still. Like I know they say like a mother's love is unrequited and the best love that you can ever get, but Aaron got two people that are like, we will watch the world burn with you and then try to pull you back. But listen to what you just said, like a mother's love. None these people all lost their mother. So it's like Oh damn! Trauma bonding, like they they only have each other after everything, you know. And so it's like at this point they are kind of holding on to the one thing that they have left from like their childhood. Because I mean, honestly, like they were still they grew up in it, so they were still kids experiencing all of this, and they're just like twenty now, nineteen, twenty. So it's just you know. They still are looking. They haven't had much life that they've lived. So it's very naive to think like this, but it's just like they really don't know how else to think. And I feel like they would think they were turning their back on their friend if they immediately was just like, love, they just kill him, you know? Yeah, because that's what Peek is all, all there for. She's But like- I feel like she's straight tactical, honestly. <laughs> and she has no relation to Aaron. So it's like she can't feel bad because she don't know him. So, no, no, I don't even expect Peak to feel bad. It's how she tried to make Armin feel bad in mm. the midst of it when she was like, Yeah, you know, you could just blow him away like you did the port mm-hmm. with the kids and families and all those innocent people, knowing that Armin feels well, she probably doesn't know, but us knowing that Armin feels terrible about that anyway. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that was also him doing terrible things for Aaron's sake. So, Aaron is definitely the homeboy that's going to ask you to pull, bring the guns to the party for him. <laughs> He's definitely not beating the charges of being the biggest villain in his own story. So, <laughs> uh-huh. um, but yeah, so like you said, Armin and Mikasa still didn't make him save him. Um, and then it was so funny, like the little switch to Levi. And like how he got so sinister when he started talking about Zeke, and because you know he mentioned that, well, if we find Zeke, then we can cut Aaron's power source essentially. Since the only reason he has the founding power is because of Zeke, and then him like all I need is two fingers to get this man. I was like, oh my goodness, because in my head when he said all he needs two fingers, I was like my mind went completely somewhere else. And <laughs> I was just like, and then they showed him missing all these other fingers. I'm just like, y'all didn't have to do all that though. See, I I really love that Zeke is still on site for that boy. Like <laughs> <laughs> No, for real. <laughs> that he really part. meant that. Like I love it. I love it. Because the first on-site for him, 
that was just magic watching that happen. Man, it it's I feel like it's gonna be magic this time, this go around too. I mean, yeah, we'll get to it. <laughs> <laughs> but no, like, and he's still talking shit. Like he is a person. Mm-hmm. That, like I understand that Zeke ended up blowing him up, and Zeke actually did wrong him, but the way that he's had it out for that man from day one, from back before Zeke even killed uh, Captain Bolo Tai, like Mm -hmm. before, like Levi has never liked this man. I mean, but he didn't like him after he breached the wall road and like, you know, he killed those scouts who weren't even doing anything. Um, and so I think that was like where it started, and then it just kept going because, like, every time they link up, it's a battle. So, but at least Zeke is shook. So, oh, Zeke don't want it. Zeke don't want he it. Don't. He really just like, mm-mm. at this point, it's almost bullying. <laughs> like, I mean, but is it though? Because it's like Zeke is the bigger, he's bigger in general, like when he's not in beast type form and when he's just in regular form. So it's like you getting beat up by a dude who five two. Come on. We and you got Titan powers. Oh, but Levi got Ackerman powers. And honestly, I might rather have Ackerman powers than Titan powers. True. Like Ackerman powers seem like they can come in handy outside of fighting people <laughs> I feel that it's like Shanks not having a devil for like he's still so raw but he don't need that extra stuff all, all like of, you Titans do all of the rawest One Piece characters don't have a devil fruit okay we're not gonna get into that because I already know who next on your list so continue Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, do you know who's next on my list? Because there's two possible Guard. It could have been Zoro. It could have been. But I know you was going to say Garb because you're trying to you're trying to troll me. <laughs> yeah. So Garb got one hater. It's me. <laughs> That's how I feel about Usopp. I mean, I'm an Usopp hater too, so but that's not what we talked about. <laughs> we confuse the people, the losers who haven't started One Piece. You're not a loser if you haven't started One Piece. That's his opinion. But you should. Um, <laughs> so after Levi gives us our humorous um, moment for the chapter, um, and even though there's a lot of dark humor, like you're just gonna have to like dark humor at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean we're literally genociding the world so (laughs) if you're finding humor it's dark yeah yeah um john and connie they start thinking back and kind of how in the same way that hanji and levi were last episode they start thinking back about how many people they've stepped over essentially to get to where they're at and connie's like I shot Samuel and Daz and sliced up mm-hmm. other people I knew. And you just see the emotional toll that it's taken on him because he loves his country. He loves his people. And he's like, they called me a traitor and I'm just out here trying to save the world. And he's in 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 the way that I kind of love Connie. And I didn't think I like Honey this much as a character way back when in like season one, but he turns to Reiner and he's like, pretty much, was it painful for you and Berto and Annie when y'all did this fucked up shit too? And Reiner's like, I I can't even ever forgive myself. So even if we save the world, I don't know if I could just really get over that. I mean. Because it's like at the end of the world when everybody else is dead, should Reiner still be alive? You know, out of respect for things and people, I don't think Reiner 
should be alive if he would have unalived himself a season ago or a part ago. How are we defining this? When he was going through his depression, mm-hmm. I think that the world, not any of our listeners ever or any of that, but this world, this fake fictitious world would have been a better off place. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't speak on real people ever like this. It's only because these are actual animated characters. But, you know, just in the grand scheme, like, I do think Reiner is pivotal for the story to move along. And that's only because he still holds the armor tight. Um, But, and I feel like he just will move the story more than Bertolt would have if he was still alive. So, um, yeah. And the only reason why we're in the situation in the first place is because of Reiner. Because prior to that, the Paradisians didn't know anything about anything else. So, until Reiner bust through their wall. So, you know, that I guess makes the story come full circle of Reiner's existence. And so, the fact that he's even showing remorse now, I do appreciate. Still, yeah. you know, a terrible individual, but I like that his character has made the growth yeah it, it's it's coming full circle for him like his you can tell that his um thought process like Reiner's one of those characters that seeing him grow and seeing him change has been a good thing to see you know it's good mm-hmm. his through line there's not one it because that's allowed him to become a better person because he's really questioned his beliefs and his morals and his actions Right. That's something we all learn from Reiner. Mm-hmm. Or we already knew it's before Reiner. <laughs> but speaking of Reiner, um, Reiner and Armin uh, started trying to, you know, kind of get inside of Aaron's head, essentially, um, because they were like, well, he hasn't taken away our powers. And so, you know, Reiner's like, well, if I was in Aaron's position, I would want to be stopped. But he can understand, like, why Aaron is doing what he's doing. But he knows that it's probably hard for Aaron to go back after all that he's done at this point. And so they're like, well, maybe he wants us to stop him. And, you know, since everyone still has their free will and stuff like that. And it was just so funny because it's like they're up here trying to be really positive. And then Aaron's like, "Uh, uh, uh-uh, uh, time to... (laughs) He's like... Time to come on in here. Let me tell you what it's really tea. No, no, it's 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 kind of funny how they because Reiner and Armin probably know him the best, like Mika Sano. Mm-hmm. But like in terms of like, because Reiner has done what he's doing to mm-hmm. um, and Armin's been there with him since step one. Armin gave him the idea of the world behind their walls and all that stuff. And they really think they talk a slick shit until they find themselves <laughs> <laughs> face down. And it's like, what's so funny? It's like when you talk a shit about your mama and she listening to you the whole time. <laughs> and then she walk in and be like, now, what was you saying? You're like, okay, I gotta go. And this is what it feels like. Because it's like he was basically listening to your entire time watching y'all try to come find him and try to uh, escape these titans. And then pulls you back into the past so he can tell you what's really good. And all y'all can be on speakerphone so you can hear what he's saying. Right. Like, just so you know, I heard the shit when Armin was trying to, because when you are uh, getting caught on the phone and you're trying to tell your mom, like, no, no, that's not what I was saying. And Armin's up here like, yeah, you don't have to kill anybody anymore. Nobody will attack us. We good. You you, mm-hmm. you you flexed enough, and Aaron is just not hearing it the way that he's so dismissive. He's like, "Run up, get done up," <laughs> like that. That's it. And it's just interesting just seeing, like, how John, Connie, Mikasa, and Armin try to run after small Aaron, and. They're like, that's Aaron as a kid. And like, they're trying to save him. And it's just like, he's told you what he feels. And it's like, y'all still think like, if I just get close to him, you know, I can just try to convince him. It's just like, 
he's so far gone. And especially like us seeing what happened in the time frame where he was so far gone. It's like, it's nothing that you can do to pull him back at this point. Like you just have to do what you, what, you know, you don't want to do, which is fight him. And I think that they're coming to that realization because they start, because like they're blaming themselves, right? Mm -hmm. So I think they're coming to the realization that they don't know what exactly what he's seen. Like they don't know what he's experienced so they're like yeah you're not the only and i mean i guess that's why they say call this episode sinners but like you're not the only one who's done this messed up stuff like you can still mm-hmm. back and we still here for you like we still with you and they're trying to save that little boy and it was kind of ironic like when they got back to the top of the hill and they seen um, Peak and uh, Levi. I was just like, "Damn!" Like it was, it was, it was sad that that was the moment when they realized that it was, it was gone. They never, because even though Connie and Jean, Jean didn't know child um, Aaron, they were still part of that group, you know. Like, mm-hmm. they knew him when he still had that child in him when he still wanted to go kill all the titans and save the world <laughs> and now it's ironic he's killing all the people to save the world right <clears throat> and he's even like to quote him he said in order to obtain freedom i will take freedom from the world and so you know he lets them know that whatever their ideologies are is not the same as his and they're going to clash because their ideas are you know opposite of each other and so he lets them know that there's not going to be any discussion and if you want to stop me you're going to have to come stop me and get ready to go to war and so that was you know a shocking realization for them as they wake up all on the plane and on your Capone was just like okay what is going on back there <laughs> and obviously you can't take his eyes off the sky but you know he's trying to figure out like why everybody you know he's trying to like why everybody's so quiet and then y'all all wake up at the same time like gasping for air you know that was something that obviously would have made him jump but you could tell like they're all shook when they come back to reality on the plane um and yeah. so I can imagine because it's basically like everything y'all was talking before, he it just is null and void at this point. And so now you have to go to plan B, which is stopping him physically <laughs> with all your power. It was, it was funny because they come back and everybody has that realization of, that you just mentioned. And Levi looks at Armin. He's like, so what do we do now, commander? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like, you're going to have to pretty much pull your nuts up. Like... Exactly. And he was probably the most shook out of everybody. So, I mean, and yeah, this is your decision at this point. So, you know, Levi, at this point, you know, posts them leaving the path. Levi's restating how there won't be any discussion with Aaron. And, you know, they're all making their faces and that realization and then I guess that's just something for them to think about as we cut over to Miss Azuma Bito and Annie on the ship headed for um Hiruzu. Hiruzu, I think. Hizuru. Hizuru, yes. Mm-hmm. And um said that they'll reach it in a few days. Um, and you know, it's probably in a state of ruin like every apocalypse post apocalyptic place. And you know, Annie starts talking about eating fish because she really doesn't have a care in the world because she's like, well, this isn't my fight anymore. So I'm just here to ride out the rest of my days. And then and- they have a... Mm-hmm. Oh, no. I just... Annie's whole disposition, it's like she's going on vacation. And mm-hmm. <laughs> she doesn't care what happens. Mm-hmm. She's just along for the ride. Right. And I kind of... Yeah. I love that for her. But because she she probably needs this break mentally, but I don't. Yeah, I mean, it's just, just especially all that she's gone through over the last um five years, four or five, I mean, six years. 
I just think, you know, like he said, she's just tired. And I get that. And so, you know, she's just not thinking about what else they have to deal with. And so, you know, Miss Aslan will be told it's up there blaming herself for bringing Zeke and Aaron together. And she's just wondering, like, if she didn't do this, would something have changed? And I'm just like, sweetie, you was just, if it wasn't you, it would have been somebody else. <laughs> so it's like these events were already set into play you know, long before you were even thought of, so. So, in that regard, do you think that, um, like, how there's time as a flat circle in this, are there other timelines where it perhaps could have been somebody else that brought them together? I mean, I guess, but I just feel like, but since everybody's already connected, the Ildians are all connected by the past. Like I said, if it wasn't her, somebody else would have brought them together because it all ends up with Ymir, who, you know, is in charge of all of this at the end of the day. So I feel like if, like they say, this is fate, essentially. Like, the fate would have had it happen, whether it was on Yon Capone's people helping instead of the Azumabitos and stuff like that. So who knows? I just think that this is the end that was going to happen and like the little things of like who brought them together are just insignificant in regards of the bigger story. Real, that's real. Okay, so with Miss Azuma Bito and Eni finishing their discussion, they were just discussing how they wish they would value people and their ideas more um, before things like this happen. And Annie's like, well, it's too late. And I was just like, no, I agree. Because it's like, why are we always discussing these things post-apocalypse? Like, these are the things that we should have conversations about regularly instead of mistreating people and then, you know, them turning on you. Like, people say all the time, you better be glad that Black people only ask for equality and not revenge because things could get real crazy. So it's just like this situation was just, they got revenge on you when you should have just been smarter. But, um, you know, Annie in her nihilistic uh, view saying it's too late. And I'm just like, <laughs> of course, because she's just like, I don't care anymore. And then, of course, then we have the two troublemakers come out um, because they got cooking up some bright ideas. <laughs> yeah, because like, I think the two troublemakers, there's one troublemaker in that group. And mm, they feed off each other. <laughs> um. But nah, they come out and they're talking about this dream that Falco's had about flying. And then, and I guess that while they're studying to be Titan warriors, they have a book that talks about their abilities and stuff like that. Because mm -hmm. they're here, we get some more um, Titan lore power exposition and find out the female Titan can manifest the abilities of other Titans. Um. And when they're talking about that, that's when I kind of thought that maybe Annie had stole that power when she was controlling Titans from Zeke. Mm -hmm. Back in the day. Mm -hmm. But, uh, but Annie was talking about she has to swallow all sorts of stuff to do it. Mm -hmm. um, and that's when she, when she tells them that they are trying to be vocal about this plan, when she's like, shut up. And <laughs> Then uh, that's when they complain about seeing the uh, memories from Zeke and manifesting the Beast Titan. And then Annie's like, okay, you've piqued my curiosity. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so Falco's like, yeah, I've seen these dreams and it's like I'm flying and it doesn't look like I'm like looking at it. It's like I'm actually doing it mm -hmm. and when he says that Annie's like oh crap but you can see they've awoken something in Annie mm -hmm. so, I'm sorry mm -hmm. I don't know because I didn't I like it did pique her curiosity but I feel like I still don't know what she's thinking at this point um like i know it's gonna happen generally but 
I still the details are foggy just because of how long ago I read it. But um I feel like just based on like the way we watched it, it was just like she's interested and she was thinking something, but I still like the idea of what she was going for isn't clear to me. No, um I'm not sure what exactly, but it it's something. And having seen Annie be out of commission since what they caught her in season one, it's kinda exciting a little bit to see what she comes up with because like even when <laughs> it just seems like the men warriors that Marley used to send they're not the thinkers in the group well never mind <laughs> I know where you're about to go with that uh, <laughs> but Peek and Annie have always been the ones within their groups who would come up with the ideas if their mm-hmm. ideas want to actually work because we see what happened when Ryan came up with their ideas so mm-hmm. that um Andy was interested. I was like, okay, I, I do want to see where she's gonna go with this. Mm-hmm. I agree. But speaking of Annie and her ideas, her dad, he has his ideas mm-hmm. about trying to make sure that he survives. Um, so he's holding the train conductor hostage <laughs> after speeding the Fort Salva. And No, he's holding him at gunpoint and his family hostage. (laughs) (laughs) You are correct. (laughs) Oh, man. And it's really funny because he lets your family escape too, right? Mm -hmm. So even though he beats up children and he abducts people and kidnaps their families, he will bring their families along, you know, to make sure that he's not the only one escaping the genocide coming their way. Mm, Equal torture. Gotcha. (laughs) But he has him, all the other aliens. You see um, Miss Braun in the back. Um, And as this whole train scene is going on, um, it, at least the beginning of it, you see this recollection that all the aliens are having about what's actually been going on and they're coming to grips with it Mm -hmm. and even one at one point um peak's dad is uh crying over this armband and he's um i don't know some little boy tells him to throw it out the window Mm -hmm. and and he's like this is like what she sacrificed herself for so he can't bring Mm -hmm. him to do it yeah, it's just interesting because you got all the warrior families out, but you said forget the other aliens, huh? <laughs> mm-hmm. the, the other families wasn't in the right place at the right time. <laughs> I mean, that's real. That's true because they probably all stayed in the same little area too. So that's real. But yeah, so they um are getting as the ship is. I mean, not the ship. The train is like about to reach Fort Salva, which is like I guess the best military uh fort in all of Marley and it's supposed to be like the last ditch effort or something like that. And so um they noticed from the train that the shit the airplanes are leaving this place. And these are the same airplanes that they were gonna use to try to escape. Um and so these planes are being used as like, you know, the last uh little line of defense to try to stop Aaron's founding titan and I don't really know what they think is gonna happen old boy was excited <sighs> he said it was a bombing run mm-hmm. because uh, OG was like what are they about to do with it and he's like oh it's a bombing run and I'm just mm-hmm. like like you said what do y- y'all think like these titans have literally stomped everything into oblivion and you think that these little planes dropping some bombs gonna do anything like did you see what they leaving behind (laughs) nothing that's kind of how I felt about the balloon that flew over American airspace (laughs) that (laughs) crossed the country (laughs) all of that trouble the UFOs <laughs> just coming trying to get their money back. 
You know you owe the intergalactic <laughs> federation. <laughs> you really did that, uh, girl? Oh, that was that that was a hilarious. That was <laughs> that was a good one. Top tier Oscar needs to be given out. <laughs> but yeah, it's enough of a TikTok. Um. So yeah, so the acting commander, you know, he really he's giving this heartfelt speech and just like. You know, telling them, like, in another world, we would have been better people and we wouldn't have treated these people this way. And now the hatred that we've spewed at them is coming back to kill us all. And we are going to do everything we can to save America. I mean, Marley. And, <laughs> and it's just like, because I can imagine this happening Mar- for sure. <laughs> I can imagine our um, war. Uh, fiend country treating it like this as well, but um, that's a hilarious trope just across media about mm-hmm. how the commander is always trying to give this noble speech as they're about to die, or as they're about to bomb another country. <laughs> yeah, you got to keep the keep the adrenaline pumping. <laughs> ah, terrible, terrible. We don't let the FBI our doors, but um. <laughs> Yeah, so, you know, he's giving his speed about hatred and how that they would have just did better or the next life, maybe they'll do better, all that, blah, blah, blah. It's like Reiner's mom is like, you know, having her little panic attack because, of course, like all these people are realizing how horrible they have been to the people around them as your impending doom is coming. And so it's just like, of course, everybody want to get religious when it's you about to die. And so <laughs> I don't, Reiner's mom, you just mad because that Marley and May man you laid up with didn't want you when he found out she was the LDN and so you was trying to win him back by making Reiner a child soldier and honestly you deserve everything that happens to you all the bad things for making that terrible little boy turn into a terrible man (laughs) not that terrible little boy into a terrible man but I mean I just don't I know this is seasons ago but I don't know why she thought that was gonna work like oh, exactly all you need is age yourself baby people have honestly a lot of things in attack on titan could have been avoided if people didn't have terrible plans to begin with that is true or if people weren't just greedy no. greed is the biggest issue in this story one of them but yeah reiner mom terrible lady terrible mom um nobody recommend that so as this like air fleet is flying over, we see Aaron, you know, look up and recognize them with his little fresh silk press. And oh my gosh, all the tweets about the silk press, the bundles. Oh. That was like he was lacking on the bundles. <laughs> it was thin. <laughs> he needs to go back and get some more. But no, someone's like, no, that's not a that's not the weave. It's just a silk press. That's why I saw thin. <laughs> But yeah, so Aaron looks up and realizes that, you know, these people are trying to harm him and stop him. And so he's like, obviously, we can't go for that. So the last little hope that they have is literally blown up in their faces. But like, they thought that they were going to win. Like, mm-hmm. or, or actually, I, I, I don't think they were that delusional. But they thought things were going well when the bombs was dropping and that they didn't have enough bombs anyway. But when the bombs were dropping... I mean, the bombs just weren't powerful enough in general. But setting the Titans on fire. Mm-hmm. They were still walking. And they the held... Titans that are also setting other things on fire as they walk by. But Yes. These already heat radiated. Heat <laughs> You're setting them on fire. <laughs> and they're not mm-hmm. slowing down. Mm-hmm. But then when he uh you talk about when he pulled the Zeke marionette out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Honestly. That's when I was just that's when I was like, oh, there's Zeke go. The God of life out there, man. Oh, but I think it is hilarious how he just has him hanging. Mm-hmm. And then, like, it's fitting. Yeah. Be, and because Aaron, all because Zeke thought he was smart. Mm-hmm. And it was so funny because, like, you didn't realize you were being played the entire time. Which I, I love it. I, I love it. Honestly, I think if Aaron and Levi have that talking on the other side, Levi would be proud of Aaron and how he treated uh, 
that man <laughs> all the way through. Uh, he he mm-hmm. had that man. He was played mm-hmm. like a fiddle. And but how he turns around so menacingly from a string. When I tell you, I died when I seen that the first time. Me too. I was like, the oh, second time. No, he don't got you hung up here like this. I know you're not going out like this. <laughs> Man, look like a Christmas ornament. <laughs> no, for real, not a good one. Either. Not the one you put in the back of the tree. You look like one of the ones when the kids make it in art class, and you're like, mm-hmm. "Yeah, we can put this." Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> you put it against the wall. <laughs> exactly. Mm-mm. He wasn't giving what it's supposed to give, but that's what happened when you think you're the smartest person in the room. So mm. it was interesting. After that, you know, uh, Annie's dad. Is trying to comfort Reiner's mom and tell her that, you know, Annie and Reiner are okay and they safe on Paradis, which they're not, but they are relatively safe, I would say, for now. <laughs> right, for now. <laughs> and um, and so, you know, it's just still nice to know that you still have hope, but I think he just knows he raised a fighter, so he knows that if anything, she gonna come out, you know, swinging. He like, I mean, she if anything she's saving your son but you know whatever and so it's so funny like i love seeing things and you be like that's not realistic so the little girl who's like pointing <laughs> into the sky and like this is as the as the plane the scout's plane is supposed to be coming through mind you it's like bombs going off so they're creating this cloud of smoke and then they're like in a part of rain that you're, they're coming through and so it's like there's no way the child with the least developed eye can see through all of that, she got that and know that there's eye. plane coming through and she was like Ugh. and then I'm like bro it still took like 10 seconds for the plane to come through <laughs> I'm telling you she she got she got that vision hockey, hockey. she like Usopp except better. she's not a hockey man <laughs> no, that, was that was a good one. That was. Um, but no, nah, and she sees it. I I thought that was very unbelievable too. Like I was like, oh, <laughs> this is what we're doing. Like, you wanted to get some screen time, didn't <laughs> I'd rather have just seen the plane come in. I didn't yes. need the transition from the unrealistic transition. Right. Like, it was cool enough seeing Onion Capone try to pilot this through mm-hmm. the uh, clouds. You could have actually just started there and came yeah. out. And then they mm-hmm. come up onto the scene. Actually, I just might have found a complaint with this episode. And that yeah, I agree with that. That would have been great. Like, coming from behind him and, like, seeing his view from the cockpit. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that would have been a better... And then, like, seeing her point as it's, like, coming out of all the other shit. But, you know, I'm not an animator, so <laughs> that that is my only complaint, because I hate seeing stuff. I'd be like, that's not... Okay, okay. But, yes. Yeah. So, she sees that, you know, the scouts coming out through the explosion, and so, like, everybody's getting ready to jump out the plane and land on top of Aaron's big uh, founding titan body. And so I thought that was really cool because at this point it's do or die now. The animation in this, mm-hmm. like, like I know we talked about last uh, time, we talked about how greatly this episode is animated, but like after they come out and they all getting ready to jump out and with Zeke dodging the Zeke bullets and stuff like mm-hmm. that, like... And he has incredible aim. So the fact that they were able to dodge that, you know... Top well, they are, I would say they're the best of the best. So, Mike Capone is a Tuskegee Airman out here, okay? No, for real. The Tuskegee <laughs> Airman, for sure. Like, because they, they getting busy. And I mean, we already know that they 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 like that on the ODM gear. But yeah. like, even Well, Ryan, Ryan was struggling. <laughs> but he, he was struggling. <laughs> no, he didn't, but that's why he immediately went to Armor Titan for him because he knew he did not know how to work that new ODM gear. And that, you're the reason why they had to get new ODM gear. Back. Back. Because he turned right into a Titan and tackled Zeke. Mm-hmm. And I know Levi just sitting there thinking like, didn't I say I got him? He did. He did. But he was like, I got to make up for this. My bullshit some, uh, some way. But you know, Ron ain't good with following instructions, so. 
no, he's he's not. But they they went to Titan mode instantly, mm-hmm. and only a compound kind of he he almost lands on the back, but he pulls it out like he's top notch um, with the piloting skills. Yes. And you as because everybody can now see this plane because now it's not in smoke and it's kind of realistic for people over there to see it. But mm-hmm. um the the general pulls out some binoculars and he's like ODM gear, the armor, the car titan. What's going on? This is mm-hmm. like the cross- he's like parody came to save us. <laughs> and it's and- like unfortunately. Mm-hmm. The people who were trying, you were trying to kill, had to come save you, because obviously you're not good at saving yourselves. Yeah, you thought a bunch of balloons was going to get the job done. Right. First of all, what's so funny is, these people are literally have the most experienced fighting titans, because you literally put them on their island. So it's like, why would you think that they aren't more experienced than you? You only keep titans going for your own personal army and so it's like of course you wouldn't know how to destroy them because you don't usually so <laughs> I thought that was very interesting them not knowing their limits either like you got this big old fort and y'all still can't kill Titans so what good are you Titans yeah. that can climb mountains at that Titans that can walk over mountains <laughs> well you know you that is a better description <laughs> like uh, <laughs> But mm-hmm. when they all get there, um, and you can tell, I kind of like that they cliffhung it like this. Um, but you can tell that we're getting ready for some action whenever Attack on Titan comes back. Because uh, Armin's like, and this is kind of how it ends, Armin's like, how are you free? Or in what way are you free? And he's really questioning his friend's motivations and he sees that his friend because I think that Armin and Reiner think that they're right regardless of what happened um about stopping Aaron and Aaron's will to be stopped I think that they think that they're right about that um so Armin's saying like if you've tied yourself down like this if you're committed to this action how are you free? You're not freeing anybody. You're not freeing the world, and you're not freeing yourself. So, I think that that really makes them sad. How do you think that um, Aaron is free? I don't honestly. I don't know how he's free because, like you said, I just think that you know you're doing something that you think is going to set you free, but it's like at the end, what do you have once you finish this? Like, you know, how are, are you going to repopulate the earth or like, are you just wanting to hear for yourself? Like, what's your end goal? It's just getting back at everybody. But it's like you're indiscriminately killing everyone. So it's just like, how are you actually, you know, making this better for anybody? So I'm really interested in how he's going to answer Aaron. I mean, uh, Armin and Mikasa and let like, how is he going to describe his freedom? You know, I, in some ways, parallel it to um, our enslaved ancestors when mm-hmm. they're talking about give me freedom or give me death. Mm-hmm. Um, and Aaron has kind of chosen because there was mm-hmm. no way that while they're behind the walls, there's no way that with Marley existing, that they were ever truly going to be free. Like, even if they mm-hmm. come to a free agreement, they're still not free. They're still behind the walls of the island, even. And he's always wanted to go and see what was beyond the walls. Like, that's always been his thing since Armin showed him that illegal book. And I just kind of feel like yeah. he's on the CRT. A- <laughs> yeah <laughs> Armin provided him with that CRT <laughs> um, gave him put him onto the banned books list mm-hmm. contraband so ever since then he's wanted that and then also when he got out there he seen that it wasn't like he thought it was 
he was I, I feel like Aaron's really like I mean what what the point what's the point of being free like let me just wreck all this especially as people are still being mistreated and discriminated against like what is this all for so I get that so yeah that's kind of where I think Aaron's mentality is at mm -hmm. I, I kind of get it to an extent not that I would not that I would commit genocide of the entire world, but Aaron committing genocide of the world that he's in. I mean, do what you do, player. Yeah, it's not my world, so hey. <laughs> I'm just I'm just a reader, so you know. Right. Good luck to you. But um, so you know, the next part is not coming out, I think, until October, if I'm not mistaken. I know they say fall, so fall in September 21st, so I'm assuming it's either like October, November that the next part is going to come out. It should come out in Libra season. Let's get a great ending. Okay. Um. So, what do you think? Do you think it's going to be like another hour or do you um, think they're going to add anything extra? So, knowing how the story ends, as long as they don't change it, that's that's all I'm really hoping for. Okay. Um, I think what's going to happen is they're going to release part or chapter three, and that's all they're going to release. Chapter three is going to be like an hour long, and then they're going to say, "See you next spring," and we're going to get the end sometime next spring. <laughs> I'm boycotting at that point, <laughs> but I don't know because I just feel like maybe the first part of the next little uh, movie is going to be like. The actual battle. Yeah. And then, like, the last part is going to be, like, the aftermath. Yeah, that's what I see most realistically. Um, I really hope they don't troll us like I said they would. Yeah, I hope not either. Because I'm like, at this point, this isn't funny. It's torture. <laughs> tells, it's not Sadistic. Try some different jokes. No, for real. But, yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's cool. It's Attack on Titan is like one piece in the sense that it's going to take forever for me to finish it and I don't necessarily have control over when that's going to be. So it, it, it's fine. It's worth the wait. I can catch up on lots of other stuff. I have a lot of other anime I'm trying to watch this spring. I have mm -hmm. other manga I'm trying to read this summer. Um, I have other TV shows that I might try to watch. So I'm not going to be waiting to Attack on Titan. Attack on Titan is going to be waiting on me. That's the spirit. <laughs> it almost sounds like you believe it. <laughs> but nah, I feel you. It's mean. It's plenty of other things to do and to watch. Yeah. I'm not saying I'm still in my shoujo bag, so Oops. I've enjoyed that. Nah, but Attack on Titan does need to hurry up and come back. Uh... Respectfully. No, no, disrespectfully. <laughs> so you say disrespectfully, they're going to make us wait. <laughs> I mean, they already made me wait. So it's like, I'm just going to keep talking shit at this point. Oh, it's like one of those effects. It's like, if you talk shit, maybe it'll be better. Because you was trying to be nice and that wasn't good enough. So now i got to switch it up. <laughs> but yeah, so do you have any other thoughts? Um... Other remarks? Mainly that I'm really just looking forward to watching Levi back in action because I thought it would never happen after I saw him get bombed. Got yeah, that that was that was a sad moment. It was, but he what prevailed? You know, they had to give him a time skip. That's why the anime took so long. They had to give him time to heal up. Yeah, I agree. So tell us where we can find you in the off season. Um, you know, you can catch me in the gym. You can catch me in the gym at Chuck underscore mate underscore. Um, if you wasn't with me in the gym, then you don't need to be with me. But if you with me, you can find me there. Um, any platform, that's where you'll find me. How about yourself? That was very long, but you can find me on Twitter at Primayana. 
and we can talk about anime and other stuff. You can also find me on my other podcast where I talk about just important things that Black women in their 30s be talking about. And it's really good. So it's kind of complicated podcast. And me and one of my homegirls just get into it monthly about different topics. So please come check me out over here too. Check her out. Um, also hit us up at blackontitanaot at gmail.com. Um, if you have any theories, you have any questions, you just want to chat, um, I'll add us. And don't forget us to rate us five stars. Yay! Talk with you next time we talk with you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Bye!